Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this edition, we welcome Stefania Di Bartolomeo, CEO and founder of Fizes in Investment. Fizes is, is, is an investment platform that provides investors with sustainable investing opportunities and having a portfolio that can have more than just a financial impact. So we'll hear about Stefania and her journey and how she brings all of this together for your benefit. Stefania, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you, Stephen. I'm great. I'm so excited to be uh, here and tell you more about my journey and FISIS. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Stefania, you know, just before we started the podcast, um, we exchanged where we're located. But for the benefit of our audience, share with us where, you, where you're located. Yes. Well, today I am in New York. Um, I have a different business meeting this week, so I moved to New York for a couple of days. But the office, uh, we are located in Boston. So FISA's team is in Boston and our office is still at Harvard, the same place where we were born. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Harvard reminds me of some memories there. Um, wonderful. So, Stefania, tell us a little bit more about your journey. You know, you've you've had several ideas, concepts, you've built your company. Tell us a little bit more about your personal, your professional journey, where those intersections are. Yes. See, I always like to tell people that since I was a little kid, I was a tree hugger. I had this inner drive to really protect the environment and the and then this inner drive became something more of um, more than a passion. It became really what I wanted to dedicate my life to. So from a tree hugger, I became what I define a point humanist. Someone that has a strong quantitative background, but yet has an humanistic approach to problem solving. So I became one of the first impact investing fund manager in Europe, moving big money to sustainable companies and projects. And yet I felt that was not enough. I realized that the world as it is was moving money towards so-called ESG companies, but an ESG score doesn't tell how you can prove the impact of Nike versus Adidas on the planet. So I realized I wanted to build a solution that will allow people, investors, to deep dive into the impact of an investment and really have the tangible experience into understanding if I make an investment in one specific company, how that investment, how that money that I'm investing will affect people, the environment, and future product that the company will release. So long story short, I started FISIS at Harvard in 2019 with the idea of really bringing a totally new level of transparency into the financial industry, letting people know there is so much more than just financial performance when they invest their money, and that through investments, we can really help shape a better tomorrow. Wonderful. And how is that actually, this is exciting, right, because you've done something unique. How is that actually being received by the markets and the, 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 the portfolio of investors that you are interacting with? That's a great question. So generally, change always happens when there is a component that starts top down and bottom up. 
I would say now there is a generational shift. The millennial, Gen X, they all care about the environment. They all care about recycling. We are all tired of eating plastic, uh, eating eating fish that has eaten plastic in the ocean. And so we do not want to invest in companies that keep polluting. We, I'm in New York. Oh my God, the air here is terrible. That's why I love Boston. Um, um, but and nobody's doing anything. So we are seeing a new generation that really wants to move things ahead and wants to move money into good companies and projects. And then we see a little bit of a block from the older generation that things, you know, the world as it is, it's fine. Um, when it comes to our clients, so we talk to asset managers, family office, uh, wealth managers, they are the ones that are building portfolios. So they also feel this, this, um, this limitation about, okay, part of their clients don't care and part of their clients really care and care a lot. So they're still like divided between assessing only financial performance for a piece of their clients and then building new exciting portfolio to have proof of impact for the new generation. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, um, you know, I mean, you've, you've built your, your company along the way, and obviously, you, you know, it's not all about um, just one person bringing in the expertise. Tell us a little bit more about how you've developed you know, from that concept through to a team of people that's supporting you with this vision. Exactly. Startup uh, is never a solo uh, journey. Um, and actually, the more you're capable of surrounding yourself with smart, talented people, the more you can grow and you can grow faster. So I started this company as a solo funder with the vision of empowering as many investors as possible to build advanced sustainable portfolios and track the impact of their investments. And along my journey, I realized, wait, I am the sustainable finance portfolio construction data expert, but I needed someone who can actually put into practice my ideas and together build algorithms, together start coding. So I, I found Louise, our head of development, and she's the one, like, while I'm the one obsessed with financials and portfolio construction, she's the one that dreams about coding. Um, and so we have together start building and coding the platform. And then a few months later, after doing some early beta testing with uh, the first MVP around Harvard, we start growing the team. And now FISIS is a team of eight developers, four mm -hmm. analysts, and three people, including me, doing business development and sales and marketing so it now it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team and i have to admit um hasn't always been easy to attract the best talent especially because sometimes as a startup you don't have all the financial resources to hire uh the people that you really want but if you build a great team culture if you share your vision and the other people really believe in what you guys what we are doing then you can attract the best talent and retain the best talent. So yeah. for example, something I really think um, I have as a good skill is understanding people best talent and let them keep growing and yeah. let them really keep add value every single day to what we do. I always say to my team, if you don't grow, the team and the company will not grow. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and I can only imagine the... Uh, you know, the challenges of uh, an entrepreneur who is uh, starting and, and growing the team. But it's, it's amazing that you, you know, you picked on the, on the talent side of things. It's just on that same theme here. 
Uh, and, and you've mentioned um, and you've alluded to some parts of it, but are you able to maybe share your story, you know, as a leader, uh, you know, that has resulted or any any stories or any any scenarios that has resulted in a highly positive outcome with your team or with your clients? Oh, yes, uh, there are so many, um, so many. Well, you, let me tell you the, one of the latest one. Um, so we have started collecting so, so many data points um, that all of a sudden we realized we had a platform that was capable of processing 50 million data points, 14 years of historical information. Over, We kept expanding our data coverage. Now we have 14,000 companies. And yet we came across a little bit of a problem because the platform as we had built it was a little slow at that point. And so together with my head of development, we were trying to figure out, okay, what can we do? What can, can we reduce some internal queries? Can we, can we build um, more efficient algorithms? And then I said, you know what? We need to find ex external help here. And so one of our partner is AWS. We came to them and said, this is where we are. We need a little bit of help. And this has been probably one of the best things that happened to us in the last few months. They fall in love with what we were doing. They are helping and supporting us in advancing the speed of the platform today. And, and that was not it. They also decided, oh my God, you guys have built something so amazing that we want to have an event together during the FinTech week. So mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I'm also here in New York is because we are preparing for a big event um, towards the end of April during the New York FinTech Week in partnership with AWS. So this story, for example, shows how some something that you might face as you continue to grow as yeah. a startup um, can be solved if you can also be capable of asking for external help. And from an external help, a great partnership can, beca can become a new great opportunity to yeah. continue to strive and grow. Um, yeah, no, Stefani, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, realizing as well, you know, the the work that I do with several clients, um, and also, you know, the the point of asking for help and even external help actually is a good thing. You know, it's it it helps a to grow, to b to clarify, c to build a relationship as well which will eventually maybe turn out to be even better than what you originally <laughs> thought of, you know? So it's it's not just about a cost or an investment or, you know, or, or just an expense rather. It's rather, it's, 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 it's an investment in a relationship as well that you can build. Exactly. And you also touch base on the relationship. So for us, every time we uh, start engaged with a client, even just in their early stage when you're still a prospect, to us it's not about selling just the platform. To us, it's about building, nurturing the relationship. So even in the first early days, we always ask our prospect and, and then following our client, what is your main need? Let's see if we can help, how we can help. And in the end, we talk about business, but business is made by people. So if people are not able to connect, to really have an understanding, uh, to honestly and uh, transparently speak about current uh, clients, tell us about their current needs, and we tell them how we can help. Um, so if you don't nurture and build that relationship, then business is not existent. And when you do that and you build a, a substantial relationship, then clients bring you other clients. 
and yeah. to us that's the most successful story of all yeah you know it's and it's 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 that progressive mindedness of a of a leader that you're exhibiting by being just open uh, with uh, with you know with your ecosystem as well so i'm keen to hear i mean the idea the concept the vision is great uh, and you know you're building your team you're building your company but in the market we have a number of challenges i mean like the biggest one is you know our economic situation there are a lot of shocks and you know the economic climate and obviously it, it impacts different industries sectors in different ways but in your view what are some of the challenges that you feel that your clients or your partners within your ecosystem or even with you, within you as a company are facing? What kind of challenges are you able to, to draw out here? Um, so as you know, we are really active in the US and in Europe. And I see two different scenarios. In Europe, because of regulation and because of different sense of uh, awareness of every single investor, um, sustainability is growing extremely fast and everybody's looking for the next thing, the next um, technology player that can help them lead sustainable investment innovation. In the U.S., we see a little bit of a block. Um, it's becoming a political issue and some of the clients we, we are talking to or have already been clients with us for a, a period of time, they are a little bit in a uh, wait and see situation to see what is going to come from the SEC or from um, you know uh, the Biden administration in terms of okay what type of new sustainability disclosure what type of new um, regulations regarding portfolio construction will come in play into place and to me this is not um, a great approach to sustainability in general because I think we all see the challenges of a polluted environment we all see the challenges of inequality. And in order to provide a solution, we need to put money at work. So we need to divest, to divest from bad companies or keep increasing our engagement activities into the so-called bad companies and put forward our investment into good companies and projects that do not pollute, that uh, help women um, succeed or diversity, um, increase diversity, sorry. So this wait and see what the what what is gonna come in the U.S. I don't think is doing anybody good, yeah. and um, and so yeah, that that's a little bit uh, on the kind of medium to long term uh, situation. In the very very short term, we are seeing the SVD failing. Uh, we see the total the volatility, especially in the market right now, especially with all this fear that new banks will collapse. Uh, so definitely is not great. We see our, our asset managers, our clients really focusing on volatility and in this increase in um, interest rate. Yeah. Um, definitely not, definitely not the best, um, not the best um, time, but sustainability is a concept that is here to stay and it's absolutely needed to keep improving the world we live in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm a big advocate of uh, sustainability and, and ESG, and, and that is a key topic that's discussed within the communities here and within businesses. And I find that one of the biggest challenges with some of the organizations is just the awareness of it. Do you find do you find that as also a bit of a challenge? Just awareness of the concept of sustainability and the underlying 
ESG elements, for example. Yes, indeed. Um, there is still so much that needs to be done in terms of building awareness, like it can be general awareness for people to understand it, but also professionals that have to, um, you know, advance sustainability and sustainable portfolio construction. Again, I'm really sorry to keep saying this, but unfortunately, it's quite often also a problem of a generation. Mm. Um, I see the new, genera the new generation, they have this inner, inner drive to understand that um, we don't want to live in a city that it's extremely polluted, where air quality is so bad. Yeah. We we, we want to eat organic food. Um, so it, awareness will come and is already happening to an extent, actually. Uh, we are already forcing big organization um, into declaring more about what they do in terms of sustainability, just to push what it's called greenwashing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we are living um, a time where everybody it's really looking to invest or buy sustainable companies and product. And so much that we are forcing companies to disclose and emphasize more about their sustainability effort than what they actually do, generating yeah. this phenomenon of greenwashing, um, which to an extent, it also reports back to the idea, okay, but at least we are building more awareness. At least there is this um, next step towards, okay, sustainability. It's so important that people and companies get into the uh, greenwashing mood. Uh, we live in a time of change, so this is not definitely a perfect situation, yeah. but awareness to an extent is happening, probably not as fast as we would like to, but it's happening at all, at all segments of, um, of, of um, uh, money spending, of investing. What we probably will need more than um, a stronger awareness is more people at large organization that take the leadership to create new sustainable investment strategy, new sustainable investment products. And if they are blocked because new regulation not coming in yet, that then we need new regulation to start the change top down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, all right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about you, Stefania. Um, you know, you're a leader in your own right, but you also, you, you, you know, Tell us a little bit more about your your, your day, you know, in the life of uh, Stefania from morning to evening. From morning to evening. Well, I have to admit, I do have quite a routine. I generally wake up around 6.15, 6.30. I spend um, a good half of hour reading the news. Um, then I exercise 7 to 8. Um, then I shower breakfast and uh, ready to start working around 8.30, 8.45. And see, something I, I read once that you lead by example. So yeah. I never told any of my team members, you have to start working sharp at nine. But I can assure you that because I always start even before nine, everybody show up even before nine. Um, then I get into the meeting. Uh, so quite often jumping between Zoom meetings. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we are going to see more and more in-person meeting that I honestly love to have the chance to meet people in person. And without even realizing it's already five, six, um, I generally try to uh, turn off the computer max at 6.30 um, to enjoy dinner and, um, and then continue reading and studying. So something that I constantly, constantly do, I tend to be in this um, constant tension uh, towards, okay, what can I learn more? What can I read more? Uh, what can I 
you know, some, some idea that I had during the day, how can I put that idea into practice and then discuss it the next day with my team? Yeah, no, wonderful. And I'm curious to hear, and you might have already mentioned this, but uh, w- what is your formula to success? <laughs> I mean, you are successful in your own rights. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I think you, you definitely need to have this inner drive to, um, to, to try to execute on a mission. Like, my mission is okay i love the environment as it is i want to protect it i understood that in order to do so we need to shift big capital um into new companies and project so that became my mission and in order to execute on that mission as i said i continue to read continue to stay curious uh continue to think of new solution and try to uh apply them execute them but this also shows I think three three skills that you all should have as a leader. Probably four. Well, let's say curiosity, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Persistence. The the startup journey, but in generally life, is not a linear progression. It's full of up and down. So you gotta be persistent. Mm-hmm. You have to be consistent in what you want to achieve and not feel scared if you find walls. So be flexible to figuring out solution to to go through walls. And something that I believe is also absolutely important, build a network. Build a network that you can rely to, you can share ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, build a network of people that you can um, you can just uh, you know go to and share, okay, what about this? And you hear their perspective, you see what they're up to. So it's very important to just how how great you are in reading and continue to grow, but also who you're surrounded by. For example, my my first network is my team. Everyone in the FISIS team is absolutely brilliant. The second network I have is, of course, my advisors. Mm-hmm. Then I have an, a, a larger network at Harvard and uh, through other programs like Index Sandbox. So all of this little network put it together are absolutely key because when you are building a new company it's not not just about your vision mm-hmm. it's not just about the, the, your team capa- capacity to execute it's also about the network that can help and leverage exactly what you're doing to continue to grow yeah amazing okay stefani we're coming to a close very shortly any um message closing messages or challenge aside from what you've uh, described that you want to share here there is always these things that it's very important to me, probably because I am a, a woman in a world that is still mostly dominated by men. Diversity and inclusion are key. If we think about VC money that went to female funded company last year, we had less than 2%. And it's, this is just ridiculous. So my main ask is we need to really empower more women to feel confident to pursue their dream and start their own company and we really need to shift probably building more awareness or just figuring out a way to shift how vc money flow into startup because it's totally unfair that only two percent of vc money went to female funded companies amazing Amazing. Thank you. Words of uh, wisdom from uh, from Stefania, as well as a challenge to uh, to other leaders as well. Thank you very much, Stefania, for, for being with us today and for sharing your journey, but also some great insights on how you're making success even more successful 
Thank you. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure. Wonderful, Stefania. Um, okay, folks, thank you so much for uh, for being with us. Stay tuned for our next episode with a fintech CEO who will be able to share her views on how to build and scale the next generation of fintech organization. Stay tuned. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur, and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.